It's the most wonderful time of the year. Folks are gathering. Turkey giblets are being prepared. And for the first time ever, trail show hoodies are for sale. That's right, folks, for two weeks and two weeks only. You can be a trail show VIP while simultaneously knocking out all of your Christmas shopping by heading over to bonfire.com slash trail show hoodies to pick from five delightful colors, including back in black, navy blue, heather gray, cardinal red, and orange. These heavyweight hoodies have a soft feel and are made of a 50-50 cotton polyester blend. But wait, there's more. A secret pink hoodie is also available at bonfire.com slash trail show pink. It's a secret, so be selective in who you tell. These hoodies won't last long. The sale ends on Cyber Monday, November 28th. So get one or two while they last. Bonfire.com slash trail show hoodies and bonfire.com slash trail show pink. Thanks for supporting the show. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. And now, introductions. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walters Stanton Studio in the various historic Colorado and South Carolina beer districts. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running monthly hiking podcast in the universe and has been downloaded over one million times all over the metaverse we are on the air and everywhere and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com it's november and we've got two very special guests for tonight's trail of the month these two mega adventurers were last on the show almost five years ago so stay tuned for our interview with fidget and neon P.U.D., can you tell us what else is on the menu tonight? Well, it is Thanksgiving, so hopefully the menu is large enough that we all leave feeling overly stuffed and exhausted. Um, No, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, the normal stuff. Interviews, audio clips, Delo's rants, uh, donors, shout outs. We got, we've got a uh, first ever audio ask a hiker question tonight. So that's pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know. Very good. The huge. With that, we should get right into beer of the month featuring Mike DiLorenzo. Dilo, before I let you take it away, I have something 
Uh, a, oh, I know what of, you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. A bit of misfortune has happened. I, I know you're going to say you had a whole bunch of beer for me and you were going to bring them out here, but then you drank them all. It's and, worse than that. Yeah, and, and there's no beer for me. No, it's uh, it, 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 sure you could you could elaborate, but I know that's the gist of it. So Disco had set aside some beer for you. Yeah. Yes. But from, I uh, didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that this beer had been set aside for Dilo. It was in the fridge. So I figured it was just like beer to drink, right? And I haven't really been drinking, to be honest. I'm I'm kind of like sober curious since I haven't been drinking much with my back. But but Mr. Clay Jacobson was in town while Disco was out of town. And he showed up and was like, can I have some beer from the fridge? And I was like, knock yourself out, man. And he drank all of it. He drank all four of your tall boys in one sitting, D'Lo. Pretty and, much. Uh, well, pretty I, know, much. I know that Clay is off the trail. Thank God. <laughs> I know yeah. that Clay is off the trail another time. Thank God. And he's up back up in Idaho. Yep. And he is Mr. Idaho, from what I understand. So, Clay, if you're listening to the trail show tonight and you're, you know, post-trail depression, trying to come back to terms with what your life once was, you know, that sort of thing, feel free to send me some beer. You can you can uh, email me at dlo at thetrailshow.com. I will let you know where I live, and you can put beer in the mail. I would love to get some fancy Idaho beers from your local breweries that you know aren't on the shelves here in Colorado, so none of that Snake River crap. Yep, keep that at home. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dilo, I'm. That's the, that's the I don't want to get. You, I don't want you to get your hopes up because here's what I'll I have. I tell no, you. I, here's my, what my I'm going to tell you because I hung out with I hung out with Clay for like yeah. five days because I got yeah. COVID while he was here, so I wasn't at school. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're like, hey, Clay. <laughs> yeah, I texted him. I texted him from my bedroom on Monday morning. I was like, hey, guess what? I actually have the day off today because I have COVID. So. So you stay outside of the house. <laughs> he, um, Clay, only drinks tall boys. And he did drink all of those really nice tall boys. And then when those were finished, he drank a whole bunch of the tall boys of the only other kind of beer he drinks, which is PBR. So I'm sure you'd be happy to send you some PBRs. Oh, no, no, that's Idaho. no because I can buy, I can buy PBR <laughs> at my local supermarket here. And, you know, that's just not very special to me. I need Idaho beer that's not for sale in the great state of Colorado. So, Clay, if you're listening, once again, email me. know me. you're off trail and you're probably unemployed. So probably yeah. what you should do is, is spend, drop a whole bunch of cash. Yeah, spend all your money on beer for me because you know that I need it. <laughs> and you know that I'm, you know, probably hurting financially. So yeah. send, me, send me beer, Clay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Dilo, it was the Yaya E Hazy IPAs from Thunder Island Brewing Company, man. Uh, they were I'll well, just I'll just go and tell you they were delicious. Okay. Yeah. Just, well, I have uh, I have a beer of the month here that I'd love to yep. talk about. I may have talked about it before. And it's not really uh, appropriate for the season because it's a little bit of a has-been beer, but it's the Four Noses and I may have actually talked about this recently. Pump Action Imperial Pumpkin Ale, which Pump comes action. in at a whopping 7.7% ABV with 12 IBUs in a 12 fluid ounce can that just tastes like pumpkin pie, autumn mm. spices, and amber malt. 
And I'll just say that it is a delicious, delicious, not too pumpkin-y pumpkin ale. And I'm a big fan. It's probably my favorite pumpkin ale. There it is. Got it. Four noses, pump action. So tonight I am drinking one of my favorite New Mexico brews, which is the Elevated IPA from La Cumbre Brewing Company out of Albuquerque. Um, this beer was introduced to me on the Grand Enchantment Trail in 2014 by my old friend, B.D. Wren. Uh, here's what it says. Drink me now. This IPA has been brewed with an obscene amount of the finest hops known to man. It is not meant to sit in a refrigerator. This gem is meant to be experienced fresh and all its bitter, boldly hopped up glory. And I will tell you, this is one of the most hoppy, bitter beers that I've had in a long time. And it's quite delicious, elevated IPA. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news. Here it is. All right. I got some news items here. Number one, Colorado voters approved the decriminalization of psychedelics. No rejoicing about that? No one's excited Dilo, about that? Dilo is running around his room in circles right now, just like <laughs> out, of, out of his mind. Yeah, going I, crazy. In fact, in, in, the, in the next break, I'm going to go snort some DMT. So we're, awesome. we're good here. Yeah, cows are probably <laughs> unhappy about this. What was that? The cows? The cows. Think of the cows. Now they're going to be people running all through their fields True. trying to find the mushrooms. No, Searching everybody, their poop. You can just grow it, man. You can yeah. just buy some spores and cultivate exactly. your own fungus. It's pretty amazing. Um, okay, item number two. Uh, Garmin just released their search and rescue information for the past 11 years, including locations of calls, reasons for the calls, and people affected. Most common calls were for for self, like people calling for themselves uh, while backpacking and it included an injury. So they've got some cool pie charts. It's kind of just interesting information to look at. I also think it's interesting for them to release that information, that data, now that we're on the cusp of, you know, like with Apple, like iPhones being able to call in and being like, I don't have any more Noom Beef tablets. Jerky. Yeah, I Send ate it. all my Pringles. Send a POD, chopper. Don't use search and rescue shame. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, well, we'll see if you change your tune once that's my, my Pringles all up and are all crumbled. They're I mean, crumbs. I can't the, get out of here. Yeah. Did the Garmin uh, statistics include accidentally setting your backpack on it in a metropolitan area of Spain. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Triple uh, there was another category. So. Do tell. Do tell. You know there may have been I, some like accidental <laughs> ones. Anyway, I don't know yes. how it happened, but I had set my backpack down on my inReach, and then I got a call from them saying, "Hey, what's the emergency?" And I was like, "What?" There's. Well, I turned it off. Like the thing starts beeping. I was like, turned it off immediately. I was like, oh, this is no emergency. I mean, you have to. But then pull... they called me to double check on my cell phone. Don't you? You have to pull <laughs> open a flap. And I know. Flap I think now. it was. I. I feel like it was a little sketchy on how mm. it had had went through. But it's definitely loud. Back you know when it calls. Did that happen after hat. you drank your bottle of rosé? No. <laughs> I was completely sober, I swear. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. And 
<clears throat> our last news item today, short segment. Uh, Boots McFarland, 20 Years on the Trail is being released. Boots. Uh, collection has over 130 cartoons spanning the history of Boots, including some early black and white comics, as well as a sprinkling of journal entries from her many backpacking trips. Paper, paperback copies are available to order on Amazon, and the ebook version is coming soon. So Makes a great stocking stuffer. That's right. Especially if you get the ebook version. Anyway, what? that is all the news that I have. <laughs> Perfect. Um, by the way, we're a big fan of Boots. Um, Boots did some, God, way back in like the first year of the show, Boots did some anim animating of us back when the late Paul Magnanti was part of the show. R.I.P. P. Mags. Um, yeah, and I think this is her second book, and we'll post a link to it. But um, she also has a really cool Instagram feed. So if you're into the gram, you can check her out there too. Um, all right. I'm number four, P.O.D. Go ahead. Um, item number four is the trail show hoodies are for sale. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Big news. Huge. That's right. right. Huge. Huge news. We're going to break news. the internet. Well, I guess if that's all the news, then we that's need to it. take a break. We've been working too hard already. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got our trail of the month with Fidget Neon. Don't go anywhere. This is uh, Kill Bill Cottrell. Just wanted to let you know I do not listen to the trail show. All right, folks, the trail show is back. We've got two very special guests on the show tonight. They haven't been on the show together in almost five years. It was January of 2018, episode number 67, way back when we used to record the show at Triple O's rental house in Boulder, Colorado. I remember Triple yeah. O made those sandwiches. Yes, the, the Cuban pork sandwiches. Oh, yep. oh yeah. Wow. Those got me through. I made so them tonight, but no one's here. So I just <laughs> ate them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I so welcome. You. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. We've got Fidget Neon. And, and um, I just want to preface this interview by saying that, like, this was a huge odyssey spanning seven years um and there's so much that we could talk about and so if you're a tr you if you happen to be a trail show listener that doesn't know about her odyssey you need to time out and go <laughs> to her odyssey and like read through some of the blog posts look at some of the backstory <clears throat> um hopefully you already know about uh fidget neon but just in case um i just wanted to preface that by saying we're not gonna go all the way into the way back machine and just you know talk about every detail because you got to be in the know to then be, we'd be the here show. for weeks yeah we would yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately we only have about 30 minutes so yeah let's yeah. let's see how how good we are at condensing a twenty thousand yeah. mile um, odyssey <laughs> into 30 minutes 
Yeah, so 20,000 miles over seven years, uh, two continents, including Central America. Uh, so you guys self-powered the entire length of both of these continents, and that's amazing. And what I wanted to start with, my idea for starting with, was to just get an idea, the bird's eye view of the, the timeline and the modes of transportation. So we started in Ushuaia, Argentina, as y'all said, in November of 2015, and we did a test run walking the length of Ushuaia, which was about 300 kilometers. And I think the real clobber of that was that I had to take all of my route planning that I'd done on Google Maps and set it aside and <laughs> instead go the way that the locals told me would be possible. From there, we followed old um, the old the Welche migration, summer migration routes um, up into a new and developing route network, probably one of the newest ones. It's underground in development, the Greater Patagonia Trail. And that got us up to Santiago, Chile. And after that, we followed a defunct railroad up to the beginning of something called the Capacnian, which is the ancient Incan highway, like what everybody knows as um, the, the 26 miles that goes into Machu Picchu. There's actually 30 to 40,000 kilometers of ancient road system running from Aconcagua in Argentina in the south up into the cloud forest of Ecuador and Colombia. So we followed that route for, I think it was about 8,000 kilometers on there. And then we walked across Colombia up to um, the Caribbean. And we tried a couple of different ways to get through the Darien Gap before we began to have to realize that um, crossing on land was putting a lot of the other people who have to cross that way at risk and putting ourselves at risk. And, and so at that point, we transitioned to sea kayaking and we sea kayaked the length between Lake Nicaragua and Turbo, Colombia. And from there, we connected the rest of Central America with bike packing. It was the safest way to navigate the myriad of borders and uh, some of the other challenges that women face when traveling international, as they would call us, solas or without mm -hmm. a man, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then, Across the United States, I got to through hike um, the Continental Divide Trail while Neon tackled the Western Wildland Route because um, she's already triple crowned. And from there, we reconnected and we got to through hike the Great Divide Trail, just the wild redheaded stepsister mm -hmm. <laughs> the trails in the U.S. <laughs> And then we just dumped ourselves right out into the into the Arctic drainage from just below Jasper um, all the way up to the Beaufort Sea and the Arctic Ocean, which we reached on uh, hilariously it was August 24th. We began on November 24th, 2015, and we finished on August 24th, 2020. What year is it? 2022. Wow. That's incredible. Mm. Yeah. That's Let perfect. me ask you this. When you all started in 2015, how long did you think it was going to take? Uh, I thought it was going to take five years. Okay. There's a lot of language and uh, support and structure around the concept of having a five-year plan. 
and yeah. that seemed reasonable. Um, didn't see, didn't see a pandemic coming. Didn't see <laughs> going toe to toe with uh, border agents with a crocodile filled river at my back. Didn't foresee having to try the Darien Gap three different ways. Um, and then of course, winters at either of the extremes where we started and finished um, demand uh, respect for the timing. What was your longest time off the trail? Because you were just mentioning winter, so you probably didn't hike through winter, <clears throat> and you know, and let right. So, what what was your longest time off trail, and what did you do? Our longest time off trail was actually during COVID, um, uh-huh. just because of the way that the seasons worked. We were often able to finagle our way through areas that. Um, don't have as much of a winter or instead of winter they'll have like a dry season and a wet season Mm -hmm. um so we'll do we would walk through most of the dry season until it started getting into the wet season and then we'd take a break so um we actually stopped in march of 2020 right as we got a message from the state department saying come come back or plan to shelter in place for an indefinite amount of time when we were in mexico um then we came back to the states i went to my brother's place in sacramento for a few months and then came back to utah for the rest of the time but we were off for like a year and a half a year and nine months and I went into an art or well, I went up to a cattle ranch and helped with lambing and calving, worked the lambing and calving season up there. And then I went into an artist residency and started working on compiling uh, the volumes of information that I have amassed over time to help me in this next um, step of the odyssey of putting it together into a text. So the pandemic basically <clears throat> sidelined you for about a year and a half. Yeah, we were we were Un- traveling unexpectedly. We were traveling through vulnerable populations in Mexico, and we yeah. went into a church in Zacatecas, and there was a grandmother who gave us the traditional greeting, like holding hands, kisses, the formal welcoming, and I just realized I wasn't re- prepared to supplant their cultural values, nor was I prepared to possibly risk taking one day of her life with her grandkids. Um, And then on our way home from that, um, a woman at a bus stop saw us and started screaming and covering her face. And I have enough experience in um, foreign countries to know that when you're getting a reaction like that, you need to to get out of there before it escalates further. Not to mention the U.S. government contacted you and said, you could stay there, but you might not be able to come home and we don't know (laughs) when. Or, you know, or well, get home now. And you're like, hmm, okay, this is very uncertain. Well, and everything that I was seeing from down there was just that everybody in the US was buying a ton of toilet paper. So I was like, you know what? Like mm-hmm. everybody must be having terrible diarrhea. <laughs> we are professionals at this. We better get back and offer some guidance. <laughs> yeah. We can help with that. We can help mm-hmm. with that. We, can, we can help them. We can show right. them how to use backcountry bidets because then you don't need as much toilet paper. That's right. <laughs> How difficult was it? I mean, sure, taking a year and nine months off and then getting back into a journey. Yeah, that's difficult. But you all commonly took winters off, if I've, if I've got my facts correct. How difficult was it to then, okay, winter's over, we're, we're back on, on journey tomorrow. Like, how difficult was it to get, get back in 
to the mindset and also like physically to get back into where you're laying down miles? I think my experience of it is that I was very grateful that we were able to follow um, some sort of a cycle. I don't, you know, the human body is not made, is not designed to sustain um, that sort of exertion consistently over years. I have a couple of friends and of my peers at this at this level of ultra endurance um, who pushed, you know, two two and a half years to cross either South America or North and South America, and they were had to drop down low and walk highways and um, the the prices that their bodies paid for that. Um, yep. They're still trying to come back from it or not. So on my end, I was it it was difficult, but in the long run, it was, uh, valuable. Yeah. I would say it was definitely helpful to, for our physical well-being in a lot of ways. It definitely like takes like taking that kind of time off from a journey like this is, is a struggle mentally. Cause you're like a lot of times like yeah. mentally, in the game of like, okay, what do we do next? And you're always planning for the next thing and planning, like, it's like being on a trail where you're planning for Mm -hmm. the next rest stop. Like how many different cakes are you going to eat in town? Um, how many (laughs) new pairs of shoes do you need? Um, and then it's just like, well, the uncertainty was so strong. Like we were trying to get up into Canada at one point and to do the great divide trail. And it was like, okay, like June, maybe like from each month they would be like oh maybe next month check back again on like the 17th of the month and so we'd check back like june 17th or 16th and they'd be like oh never mind maybe next month and to live that kind of precariousness is a very different type of precariousness than i'm used to um so it was yeah it was definitely tougher on the psyche than on the the body that kind of speaks to something else that I was curious about, and that's um, slow travel, which um, is a term that's you know been popping up here and there in in the recent past. And I think that you know this is the trail show. It's predominantly our listenership are people that are hikers, and when you're doing a long distance hike, you're not used to slow travel. You're used to fast, relatively fast travel you know like you're you're trying to get from point a to point b and you're usually hiking all day and so on and so forth um and so you know i i I know from following you guys for all these years that you had to embrace a different pace and you know you're just now talking about that how you know as far as your body's concerned it's like unsustainable for that kind of through hiker pace to to go for years and years and i it sounds like even from what I've read that through hiker pace was not sustainable for the entirety of the journey. You know, like you got out there and were like, we need to embrace this kind of more slow travel um, option. So I just wanted you guys to kind of speak to that. One of the things that I found really cool was when we were following the Kapak Nian over time, that was our longest season. That was about 14 months long. And that was the one that began to wrap up around the time that Neon turns to me and goes, hey, Fidget, look, I can play my ribs like a xylophone. And <laughs> it, had been, it had been snowing. It's essentially a food desert up in that area. Um, our bodies are taking a long time to heal. And I was disappointed in us because we were following, we were covering about 27 kilometers a day, which didn't feel like much. 
at the same time, we're following the Kapak Nyan, which the way that the Incas carried news always emanating from Cusco and it would travel out along their, their highways. And every 27 kilometers, they had built a tambillo, like a rest house for the chasquis who were the news bearers to rest. So that gave me an affirmation outside of just the small framework and the expectation of um, progress of a lot of travel today to realize that we're just going back and in our lived experience more closely approximating what this would have been like for people traveling five these same roads 500 years ago mm-hmm. and so having that connection helped me appreciate that and i think the other one and another reason i'm glad we did it seasonally is that the longer that you go the more narrow your vision becomes and the more you know there's there's something beautiful when you're reduced to survival mentality and also you begin to lose sight of many of the things that are that drew you out there in the first place. So being able mm-hmm. to step away from it and step back into it, I believe is the way that we were able to approach it so wholeheartedly. And then I was able to write blogs every week on top of walking every week on top mm-hmm. of maintaining social media. Yeah. And you guys talked about, you know, there being some risks involved. Um, and I think that anyone with, you know, a few functioning brain cells could understand that two females traveling through Central and South America is, I mean, anywhere really has inherent risks, but especially in that part of the world. But I also wanted to ask about, you know, as females who speak Spanish traveling through South America and Central America, I think that one, you have a perspective that your average male traveler wouldn't have. And also, I think that you were probably being able to experience the people and culture on a different level, meaning you know, uh, if Disco travels through Central America, he's probably not going to be invited into the cocina where they're, you know, making their food and where the real interactions are happening. I'm just guessing. Maybe I'm wrong, you know. Um, But I do think that that's an asset. Um, So I just wondered, you know, if you're, if you feel like that was true of your experience and kind of how that shaped um, your feelings towards the overall experience. Why can't I go in the casino? Well, they don't want you're you too there. tall. <laughs> Can you cook? <laughs> nope. There you go. <clears throat> you ain't wanted in the casino. Okay. Stay right. out of the casino, boy. Yeah. I know Fidget and I have talked a lot about this kind of amongst ourselves, and I'm not certain how how often it gets out there in the rest of the the sphere of of hikers and stuff but we always not always but often talked about how helpful it was to be two women in traveling in these remote areas because a lot of the times there would only there'd be like all the women were left in town while their men went to like go find seasonal jobs or be in the city doing something else um, and so we weren't seen as, as much of a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people, I think, approached us more with curiosity 
And we approached, like, I think it, it was a back and forth. Like, obviously we approached with curiosity and with like an openness as well of like, okay, we, they could ask us something cause we'd understand. And then once they knew that we understood Spanish, or at least one of us understood a lot of Spanish and the other one understood enough, um, then we'd be able to have that interaction of, of like, Oh, the back and forth of like, oh, why is your hair lighter than mine? Or why is, why, why are you wearing pants um, instead of like a skirt, which they would traditionally wear in a lot of these um, more remote areas of Central and South America? I appreciated the coalition of women who this exposed us to, and we were able to think empower them and I got a lot of you know particularly in some of the indigenous areas where they were tired of people taking their pictures without asking I always carried uh-huh. a pocket notebook and I'd write notes and it would be really funny to see them come around over my shoulder and be like write this down you write this down <laughs> and wanting wanting their story to get out there and I don't think I'd realized what a different experience we had from men until we were, we were speaking with a long distance, another long distance traveler, a man who was telling us as we're going to go through Mexico was telling us, oh, like in order to experience Mexican culture, you experience true Mexico when you're in the bar. And when you're in Mexico, you have to go, like, you're going to stay at the like sex motels. They have the best burgers. (laughs) They have the best burgers and you can watch TV. And um, for a while, you know, I perceive I was pretty sad because I was just, we have a, you know, a pretty strict policy of we stayed away from alcohol while we were out there just to avoid the many layers of of things that that could bring on um and so for a moment i i believed him that and it said to me you don't get to have the full experience of mexico then as we went through mexico and as we were invited into the cocinas and as we got to talk to the children and as you know, we joined them swimming on the hot, like they'd show us the Uh swimming holes and show us the shortcuts. And it's like, you know, this too is the real Mexico. Um, Your real Mexico sounds a little less dangerous than his real Mexico. His real Mexico sounds a little sketchy, if you ask me. And that's the the other thing is that people are like, oh, aren't you at risk as a woman? And it's like, yeah, I've always Maybe. been at risk as a woman, yeah. you know. I but remember... so was that guy who's in the sex motel eating the hamburgers <laughs> eating a burger. because they have good TV. Like, that's yeah. sketchy. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> right. Not going there. Yeah. Going to pass. I've got, a, I've got a question for, for you both. What would you have done different if you had to do this again? It's a simple question. I'm sure that it's full of lots of simple answers. I, would have, mm-hmm. I mean, regarding regarding our audience now, I'd say I would have streamlined my efforts at content creation rather than pouring so much energy into creating original content for each of five different platforms. Um, I would have just focused Ooh. on bolstering up the heart of the website and then pulling phrases from that and putting it on social media and then letting that uh, cross-pollinate rather than you know, hitting town and you have one day to take care of all of your town chores. And I had to write a Facebook post and I had to write an Instagram post and I had to work on a 2000 yeah. word blog post and I needed to get a YouTube video uploading and we needed to get all of our photos backing up and journal. Um, so it took us a long time to realize that. My God. 
you're actually doing three jobs. This is one that Neon actually taught me over time is we're doing three jobs out there. We were walking, we were creating content. And then the third job that was falling by the wayside was taking care of ourselves. Mm. Why? Yeah. It was a silly question, but why did you need to do all that? Were you sponsored? Did you have sponsors that you were obligated to produce certain amounts of content for or anything like that? Or, what, or was it just like you're, you wanted to get it all out there? Fortunately, all of our sponsors are with us because they're incredible people behind the products. Um, we only once were we asked to sign onto a contract and they were really flexible with us. That was largely self-imposed. And it's because if I'm going to be at fault for yeah. anything at the end of my life, it's trying too hard. Okay. Then a huge part of our journey has been uh, sharing Mm -hmm. the content and like kind of exposing others as we are moving along with this. And it's easier to do that when you're in the moment than when you're like trying to oh, remember yeah. three months later, what yeah. happened in that one town in the middle of Ecuador. Mm -hmm. And I will say in the, in the age of vlogs and all that, everybody has a YouTube channel. I will say that I think that your content is very different from a lot of what's out there you know a lot of it's like ah, it's, there's my you know it's like here's my an, another 25 mile day you know and like I don't know just kind of all seems very similar um and I do I'm, think that the content you guys put out was a lot of things I think it was very honest it wasn't always like everything's great you know it was like very raw sometimes and I also appreciated a couple of things. I appreciated the amount of care that you guys put into really telling the backstories of places that you were visiting and the history of it um, and the names of all the, you know, Native American groups that you were coming in contact with and doubts that you had and, and also like hopeful moments as well. Um, but and I, I think it, it was a real... Um, when you talk about getting like a product, like if you're investing in her odyssey via Patreon, like I, I definitely felt like what we got back um, from you guys processing your journey was really um, rich, I'll say. Thank you so much. It's been, I'm at this really interesting juncture right now where I'm beginning to harvest through all of the content that I create. I wrote 600 pages of love notes to our Patreon supporters. I wrote something like, I just put it all up together, like 889,000 words on our website. Uh, oh. I didn't even count up. I couldn't access you know, the social media um, content because it's not designed for that. Um, and so being able to maintain all of those records along the way, um, certainly was in the end, in the end, it is a gift. Um, one of the things that I see at the various levels at which, you know, cause you hone your message to the various mm -hmm. platforms. And I think the thing I struggled with on social media is that they seemed really oriented towards um, marketing process as product. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, how you're feeling right now in this moment needs to be encapsulated in a way that it's intended for public consumption as opposed to allowing yourself to follow through the growth process. So as we walked through things like <laughs> so many natural things. disasters and uh -huh. BLM and matters that affected people 
who mattered to us deeply, it was a physical effort of our partnership to restrain ourselves from jumping on. And we would walk for one week and talk about it in depth and think about it in depth. And by the time we made it to town next week and felt like we had something to contribute to this conversation, the conversation had disappeared. Uh And so that allowing yourself that time to think and process. And so like keeping, you know, if I'm speaking to our listeners now who get one season to hike or a month to hike, what I would encourage you to do is to focus on personal journals for yourself because the tone and the honesty with which you'll address things with yourself is so different Mm -hmm. than if you're trying to mute it for grandma, who's going to read your Facebook. (laughs) Right. Totally. That's what odd heresies for, right? That's what yeah that's yeah yeah, i shouldn't have i have to bleep that out when i go to edit this that's a secret the secret meme account yeah Mm -hmm. it's private yeah we have to uh wrap up here but i had a couple of questions i wanted to ask before we leave one of them was i wanted to ask you guys if you have one or two places from your journey that you would like to go back to i do There's a 300 kilometer section of the Athabasca River from the town of Athabasca to Fort McMurray that drops into the bottom of a canyon that we were not able to safely go through with a canoe. Uh, We ended up bikepacking a roaring mining road outside of it. And I would Mm. love to hone my pack rafting skills um, in Mm. the years ahead and then uh, go down there and tackle that beauty as well as of course, Patagonia, Patagonia calls mm. me, always has, always yeah. will. Neon? I was going to say, picking only two would be really difficult. Um, I do have a chunk of the Western Wildlands route that I need to finish. Um, and a lot of people be like, why didn't you just count your through hike of the CDT as part of her odyssey? And I was like, because her odyssey wasn't around. Right. Um, it's a She's different an OG journey. hiker. that's what a kid told me at work once um because i had a dyneema food bag and he was making fun of me Uh, (laughs) i was like what um uh, i don't know i feel like there's there's i i feel like i might give central america another chance i didn't necessarily have the best attitude or best time there um specifically like panama and like costa rica areas so might go back down there and maybe bike it or something Mm -hmm. see see what it's like that way can you tell us about your last day on the journey Mm. our last day coming into tuktoyaktuk last day of a seven-year journey what's that like how how did you feel it was neon so let's see, it started at about 1147 the night before when the sun was setting. And I stood on the beach amongst a bunch of uh, whale bones and spoke many of, of your names, many of you who've come along with us, um, many of my ancestors and of others who've paved the way for us to get there. Um, and that next morning we set out onto the Arctic Ocean, it was glassy the entire day. It was a perfect reflection of the sky and the water below us with the pingos on our right and the open Arctic on the left. And as we're crossing it, 
you know, neon has this capacity to consolidate um, my verboseness into one specific point. She just kept saying, this is so surreal. We paddled into a random beach in Tuktoyaktuk and there was an Inuit man, um, uh, John Little, who's actually an elder in the community, standing on his porch. And he says, come up, share your stories with us, which is the tagline of her odyssey. And he'd never heard of us. And then oh, wow. as we sat down together, he looks at us and he goes, this must just be surreal. <laughs> wow that's pretty cool i like that uh, yeah neon Anything yeah no it was crazy it was the the day was just gray enough like like fidget was saying it reflected the um the the sky reflected the ocean reflected the sky and it just like we kept like looking around being like is something gonna happen like what's gonna happen <laughs> next um and nothing happened and then we pulled in and like i was expecting bigger waves just from experiences on other other seaboards like down in the caribbean and everything and it was just we had way bigger waves on the mackenzie than we ever had on the ocean so there weren't news crews and satellite trucks and people just <laughs> lining the beaches and like i mean you know. To be fair, we did roll in to, you know, the woman who ran granny, granny's kitchen, who like ran the one food truck in town. The town mayor was there um, with John Little, uh, Bruce Almighty, a dog musher and a, a, um, a polar bear hunter. And a, yeah, they were. So everybody who is somebody in the community happened to be there. And those who weren't, we ended up staying there for a week. Um, getting to talk to some of the first women who joined in the practice. It's traditionally been a male practice um, to hunt the belugas, to hunt the caribou, and women are just now starting to step into that. We got to talk to two of the four women who'd um, speared whales that season. We got to learn how to sew and speak with some of their language keepers and hear their stories. So our last day was, was a week long, and um, it was incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. So, That's such a great way to finish. It was. So, so what happens now? Right now, for me, it's um, enjoying being with my friends and family. It's It's been a difficult to reacclimate um, at a time yeah. when, when a lot is just really bizarre. And there's a lot of, I think, dissonances that the frog in, in boiling water situation. Um, and I'm more of like jumping into the pot and trying to decide what can and will I actually tolerate in my life and what is not serving my highest self. And after this time with my friends, um, I'm going to retreat in early 2023 and uh, focus on intently on creating a book. Awesome. Can't wait to read it. What about you, Neon? Um, currently decompressing and working and, um, I've had a lot of friends come through town. Incidentally, it's that time of year here in Moab. Um, everybody wants to come play and, uh, yeah, visiting with people, catching up with people, um, looking forward to what might be next figuring out some different recipes, potentially some, some different ceramics ideas. Um, 
So yeah, just veering into a different realm of my creativity that still involves the outdoors, but is uh, not as intensely, I guess. Well, and like, this is the first time in seven years that you're coming back for winter and then you don't have to plan the next leg of the journey. Right. So that's kind of different, right? Mm-hmm. Hugely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also give you guys a chance to, I don't know if you have some sponsors that you want to name. We have so many amazing sponsors who've come on board with us over the years, um, I want to shout out Purple Rain Skirts. I've been Ooh, enjoying yeah. watching her content right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Hyperlight Mountain Gear, Garmin, Granite Gear, Tokes, Thermarest, Zero Shoes, Farm Defeat. I got to give a huge shout out to Sawyer. They're our only sponsor who not only sponsored us with gear, but also helped us with finances along wow. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as some of our affiliated organizations, such as Adventure Scientists, mm-hmm. One Seed Expeditions, and The Trail Show. The website is her-odyssey.org. We'll put a link to it in our show notes. Fidget Neon, thank you so much for coming on yeah. the show again five and years hey, later. And thank you for all the updates that you've provided over the years. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, of course, to follow along, but I know... I've spoken to many of our listeners, non-listeners, I should say, that have really enjoyed um, following along, you know, following you through your blog, but then also hearing your voice on the show. Um, So I really appreciate that we, you guys made the time, you know, back five years ago to, to meet up with us um, six years ago. Um, That was a great way to start things off. And I'm just so thankful that our paths have crossed and we've been able to maintain that that bond yeah i think i still burp up a little bit of that zima every once in a while <laughs> oh god i forgot about Ooh. that why we did, did we have, have why were there we have zima, zima? On zima? we did oh my god speaking oh. of the relationships that just keep on giving <laughs> right <laughs> Fecal fingers and Zima. (laughs) Two great things that go great together. You've overcome so much to to finish the trip. (laughs) So much much Zima. Uh, No, it's been great. It gives Fidget like days of entertainment coming up with what to send to you guys. Sometimes weeks. Yep. We're grateful to you for the continuity that you maintain in a in a community that's constantly evolving and at such a speed it's really great well awesome thank you awesome all right um anything else before we bid her odyssey adieu all right well thanks again so much for coming on the show we're going to post a gazillion links and uh look forward to talking to, talking to you both again in the future awesome thank you thank you right. thanks thank for coming you. on bye adios All right, folks, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got a couple of audio clips from people that want to talk to D'Lo, maybe, and some trip reports. Uh, Mailbag, we got hotline calls. Don't go anywhere.
Hey guys, this is Moonkid and I never listen to the trail show. You know, it's just that it's not it's not good enough for me. All right, folks, we had a number of calls on the hotline this month. Triple O. All right, we're going to start with a serial offender. <laughs> Hola, ¿qué tal, amigos y amigas? Of the trail show, this is Marvin Maverick Kessler, el hikador to de Tucson, Arizona. Viva los gatos, rato. Yo, <laughs> just got done with my uh, last section of the Hey Duke. It was a little 60-miler. Um, so I guess I can say I am done with the Hey Duke my way. Um, yeah, there's like uh, three miles. I wasn't able to finish on the western uh, terminus because of a rock slide. And if you try to do it, you'll get ticketed. So I'm respecting uh, the uh, park there, Zion National Park. So anyways, uh, yeah, just uh, calling to congratulate myself. And uh, um, and I guess look, <laughs> I listened to uh, the uh, episode with the Grinkles and um, heard about uh, all about the Slasher Lasher stuff. Thank you for... Um, taking the time to answer that, um, D'Lo, I appreciate it. And, uh, I guess there was a question about, um, yeah, about, uh, uh, what do you do if, um, it's a short hike, like the Colorado trail, if it's like 500 miles. Well, um, I've done that trail twice. I was able to through hike it because it's short. I've been able to through hike the, uh, Tahoe Rim and the, the uh, John Muir. So my question now is, what's more prestigious, a short through hike or your 750-mile slasher gig or the 250-mile uh, uh, lasher gig? So, yeah, that's my question for you. And, um, oh, and this section I did on the Hayduke um, was an alternate I did, and um, – I ended up, uh, instead of uh, uh, walking along the uh, North Kaibab there and then dropping down uh, Swamp Point, um, and I couldn't get permits, so I ended up doing my little alternate, and I ended up going from North Kaibab Trailhead all the way over to um, Monument Point. And if people are familiar with that, that's uh, like Thunder River area, Deer Creek. It's really awesome there. But um, anyways... I ended up uh, tying it into the Rainbow Rim Trail, which is 30 miles. So, uh, yeah, if you want any beats, if you're looking for uh, a trail for the, of the month, there you go, the Rainbow Rim Trail. Anyways, there you go. Um, oh, last thing, SEC, Triple uh, O. So you must be a Florida Gator because you're from Florida. His car ended there, but don't worry. Cause yeah, I knew it was going to end. <laughs> he's, gonna end. <laughs> he's coming back. He definitely called back. So here we go. <laughs> Round two. All right, what's it done? Hola, que tal? It's Marvin Maverick Castle, Hector de Tucson, Arizona. Yes, I got cut off again. But uh, I was talking about the SEC and Florida Gators, and I, that's what I'm assuming that uh, Mr. Triple uh, O went to. Well, dude, I got to tell you something. It's all about the alphabet, okay? Arizona Wildcats, A-Z. That is A, number one in the alphabet. 
Florida Gators. That's farther down. So, in my world, SEC Florida Gators ain't squat. Plus, you guys got two reptiles, Alberta and Alberto. For uh, mascots, we have two fluffy mammals, Wilbur T. Wildcat and Wilbur T. Wildcat. And they blow away those reptilian mascots from Florida. Anyways, Ooh. there you go. Yeah, and also, shout out to the ACC, Clemson. They got two mammal mascots, too, that are goggles, the Cub and the Tiger. So, yeah, dude. SEC, mascots, Florida Gators, they don't have squat on, uh, yeah, Pac-12, you know. And, dude, I think you're – did you go get your upper grad at CU? Sir, is this so ESPN? Blur? What's happening? Yes. What happened, man? Best mascot in all of college football, dude. It's like Jim Rome talking to Run us. with Ralphie, and then they got that cute chippy. So, dude, the mammal mascot's just real, bro. You, you gators, whatever, reptilian things, later, dude. Anyway, there you go. Um, I'm done ranting. And I'm glad uh, you're now over in Columbia. Say, say hi to Cocky for me. And I'm glad you didn't uh, convert to the uh, school up north, ASU, you know, when I'm talking about those gummies. Anyways, I'm out of here. Maverick out. Viva los gatos, lato, bear down. Adios. Except, except that he wasn't oh. done because he called back. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Hola, qué tal? It's Marvin Maverick Castle and Hector from Tucson, Arizona. I forgot one other thing. Um, hey, POD. I hope uh, the back uh, surgery went well and things are trending the correct way. And uh, the only time I listen to trail shows when I'm hiking, so I'm always delayed. But uh, guys, thanks again for uh, all the laughs. Um, it's just comical. You make my day when I'm out there hiking, kill some times, kill some miles. So, anyways, that's what I was calling about. So, one last thing. Even los Adios. Gosh, who Bye-bye. who knew that sports teams with reptiles were so much worse than sports teams? With mammals, I would have who never knew? known that if it wasn't for Maravine and El Hike Daughter. I, I would have never known that. I would have never known that. But now I know, and I will not find – I will not catch myself rooting for a sports team with, the with reptiles as a mascot. I just will yeah. not do that. I, I have learned something tonight from Marvin and Heike Daughter. You can thank Marvin, but you can also thank probably the long drive back from the Hayduke Trail. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. to do a lot of free him. time on your what hands. If we had what if we had Marvin on the trail show to talk about whatever the that rainbow, trail was the rainbow rim about. trail the rainbow rim trail yeah, yeah. the trail rainbow rim and the yeah. current state of college football after name in, in i mean oh my I god think, i mean I he think... probably want to talk about the trail for about two minutes and then talk about football for about 80. <laughs> oh, it might be a little ridiculous <laughs> and we could all just like look look at him and just shake our heads like yeah reptiles Yep, mammals. <laughs> totally, <laughs> dude. Before uh, we were, we would invite him on. We'd have to make sure that uh, a certain president is not going to hike the Rainbow Rim Trail because we've received That's this true. particular call. Uh oh. Please hold for the president of all the West. <laughs> hey, Trail Show. Now that the midterm elections of the All the West Board are completed, and everything is headed in the correct direction. It's time to get on the trail. 
But I just want to remind you not to spotlight a trail that I will be hiking in the near future. The Secret Service would appreciate not having a trail show bump. Later, all. What what well, trail? What trail that, is the president of all the West going to be hiking? The trail I don't show know. We'll have to figure it know. out. Yeah, yeah. The nation wants to know. We're going to have to study it up. Huh. Okay. What else you got, Triple O? Well, we've got a important uh, identification issue. Hey, Trail Show, this is Cream Top. I was just wondering if any of you have ever noticed that D'Lo and Wheezy Waiter could be twins. I mean, not only do they look similar in the face, they're both short, they have a similar balding pattern, and both seem to really enjoy their own ramblings and comedy. I think they have similar dance moves, too. Are they related? Disco, do you want to answer that? Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I've been saying this for years, that D'Lo... <laughs> Looks like YouTube personality Wheezy Waiter, and D'Lo won't even give me the he he won't even acknowledge it. And I'm glad that someone else finally has seen what I see. These two guys are brothers from another mother. They're identical twins. No, I don't yeah. buy it. D'Lo is an original, a unique, and amazing human being. So is no Wheezy. Twin. He has no equal. He has no parallel. You haven't seen Wheezy Waiter, man. Dilo looks pissed off right now. By the you've way, never seen D you've never seen me and Wheezy Waiter in the same place, have you? Ooh, At the same time. It's true. I, does that prove anything necessarily? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. But <laughs> it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dilo, are you? Let's just leave it at that, okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Wheezy Waiter is he's a YouTube guys hilarious Actually, yeah i have to yeah who's Weezy waiter yeah i have no idea but <laughs> so he's a YouTube, youtube guys so I know funny his brother apparently his, his well twin. when you if you watch it you're gonna be like oh my god he's he is just like d'lo i think i was the first one that said that i was like this guy's just he not only looks like d'lo yeah they the mannerisms everything Weezy hasn't yeah. appeared <laughs> is the only difference yeah he does i think they're both from you. new york yes I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's a little too uncanny. It's a little too uncanny. And you've never seen the two of us at the same time in the same place. But it would also mean that D'Lo has another family. He's married to a woman named China, and he has a daughter. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> China with a Y. That's right. Um, we also got a very interesting question from a regular... Hi, Trail Show. It's Tough Brad and the family here. He's in love. <laughs> we were just having a debate about the mirror that comes with the Osprey child carrier pack. And <laughs> Bear Sweats originally thought it was a safety mirror. And I said it was a mirror that you pulled out of your hip belt pocket so that you could see your child. Piglet just hit her, hurt her finger. And Bear Sweats just said that he thinks that maybe I was right after all. But we're not sure. So maybe D'Lo knows, or somebody else in Trailshow Nation hmm. knows what the mirror that comes with the Osprey. Off of doing a toot or two, you know what I'm saying? Kid now. Um, so we're gonna go before right. any of our kids hang up on you. But talk to you soon. Bye. Please are, they, are they talking about a mirror that's in the side pocket of a pack that's meant to hold children? Yeah, I, think, I so. think so. Then I think it's meant to see your child. Yeah. Wow. 
I yeah. agree. That's pretty cool. Because yeah. if it was a signal mirror, they'd have that in every Osprey pack. Right here. Yeah. Mm, well, and, and it'd probably have a hole in the middle of it, too, if it were a proper signal yeah. mirror. If this is just like a full-on mirror, it's got that's got to be what it's for. It's just so you could see your child, so you don't have to like tweak your neck, like oh, 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 and then fall, and then drop your child and spill your child out onto the rocks. And, and maybe, maybe nap, it's you know? also so your child can see you. Could like be. You could yeah. hold it up while you're walking, mm -hmm. and then they can see your I'm, face. I'm here for you, little child. Right? Don't worry, we're just walking you know, on the trail. This is a good segue. Like I yeah. sent a text earlier today to our trail show thread of a of an $874 tent on REI.com called the, the REI X tent. And it's a family style stand up in full size tent. And I said, Hey, Delo, is this your next tent? And I got a very tepid response from Delo. Delo seems to have moved on I have. from from the, the REI kingdoms, the X tents, these oh, family you know, style those, tents. What's going on, man? Those things suck, man. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, kind of suck. You ever try to set one of those things up and camp like in the desert where there's no trees or on top of a sagebrush hill where there's no trees? One of those gigantic tents in, in, in like 50 mile per hour winds. Guess what happens? The tent breaks it collapses those things suck man granted you probably shouldn't be camping on top of a sagebrush hill and 50 mile per hour winds like you know i don't know it's maybe it might be so what are you doing man if you've moved on what what are you doing now when you go i, camp? I have a i have a smaller tent man i have a smaller tent where we have to like you know bend kind of tw we're all we're all none of us in my family are very tall unlike pod who's you know a very tall human being pod is a very tall right. person i'm a giant I and my family, not tall people. We're never going to be tall people. We're short people. We don't need big tents. We even have small tents because mm -hmm. we can just kind of tweak our necks like this and we'll be okay for a little while. So I have a small tent and it's great. At what age will Leo get his own tent? I think at some point, Leo and his brother will probably sleep in their own tent together on some of our family excursions. However, okay. the problem with that is the child needs to be able to erect the tent himself without my supervision, because otherwise I just get pissed off. And I would just rather set up one tent rather than two tents. Two summers mm -hmm. ago, I was setting up two tents. I found it to be tentermental, yeah. ten if you will. <laughs> so i switched i switched to one tent it's a it's a nice four person they call it a backpack and tent there ain't no way i would ever go back <laughs> tent. but they call it a backpack and tent and it's from big agnes it's um and it's fine it's you know it's not too tall it's shorter than me it's maybe maybe five feet maybe four and a half you know so i have to kind of i can't really stand up in there even though i'm you know four foot seven inches tall i still can't stand up in there Beauty, that that was that was a zinger for you, right? I'm four feet seven inches tall. Are you listening? She didn't Beauty? say a word. You're not. She, she's asleep. She zoned she's out, told, man. Like, oh, she freaking zoned out. Dude. He's still talking. He just I told just everybody like thinking that to he's myself, four feet seven inches. Is he tall. exaggerating his height again? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. And that's uh, yeah. the yeah. thing. All right, we got two more calls, check-ins from yeah. folks we've heard from before about what they're up to. The first is from Dea in Spain. Ooh. Ooh. What's up, Trail Show? This is Dea calling you from España. 
from Spain. I am hiking the Camino del Ronda, also known as the Costa Brava Way, along the Mediterranean. Yeah, it's a trail of what, like the Spain sections, 220 kilometers. So I'm on that and it's gorgeous. I will say I haven't just been here since 2017, since I met out of order when he was on Europe North to South and ended up hiking with him for three months. No, I have done other things in between. I haven't just been flittering about Europe, although that wouldn't have necessarily been a bad thing. Um, but yeah, this is where I was introduced to not starting to not listen to the trail show by walking <laughs> and listening with Triple O and all the synchronicities that came with that. That's how I was first introduced to Clay Woodward Jacobson and hearing about his projects later in life, moving to Idaho, having met my partner potatoes while hiking the PCT. And then I got to hike a little section of the CDT, six days of it this past summer with Woodward. So I'm just throwing back to the trail show and always thinking of you wow. guys while out here hiking this trail. I'm gonna get back to focusing because the markings just sometimes drop. So anyway, sending you the best. Adios, ciao, hasta luego. What are the odds? We started this show talking about Clay Woodward Jacobson drinking all of Dilo's beer randomly yeah. <laughs> as he was here off of his cdt hike and then we get a call from dea who i didn't know she freaking hiked almost a week with the guy on the cdt i, I actually knew that he and i talked wow. about that when he was here yeah that's incredible yeah. small world small world we got one last check-in from shira Ooh. hey trail show shira here so turns out I didn't call you all back this summer when I was hiking the AT for more stories. Um, I was out there for two months and ended up hiking from Cantata into Massachusetts. And I guess when I returned home in September, I just lost, lost track of time. Um, time is just different on the trail. So at home, you know, a week passes by and it feels like a day. And on the trail, one day can feel like a week. So just kind of grappling with with that the difference between trail life and then routine at home anyway all is good um it was great to be reacquainted with my first trail again and to be member a member of the sobo at class um, some of the folks i met this summer are finished but a lot are still hiking so go 2022 sobos and stay All warm. To say, uh, I'm alive, yeah. <laughs> and I've been home long enough to start thinking about the next hike. I don't know what it'll be yet, but I know it will be epic, and just help me keep this uh, love affair I have with long distance hiking going. So much love to you all. Shira out. Shira, may I suggest the Rainbow Rim Trail? Our hike good it friend, he can tell you all about it. Yeah. In fact, he might be telling the trail show about it next month. Well, we, we're actually <laughs> booked a couple months out at this point. Okay, that's yeah. fine. I, he's probably not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to get is, him after college or if football he is, season's over. Yeah, or if he is, he'll make time for us because he always does. That's right. 
Yep. All right, yeah. folks, let's do some trip reports. Has anybody been anywhere in the last month? Because I have, but I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. Oh, Dilo. I have, a, I have an interesting trip report. Ready? Yeah. Go. It's not about hiking. Ready? It's You're skiing? in the danger zone, but go. It's about skiing. <laughs> oh, was there a color? Was there a collarbone break? Any bones? No, but <clears throat> I went skiing on the cross country skis and I went up a forest service road that I hadn't been on before. And I wasn't quite a hundred percent sure how I got there because I just followed the tracks. And then I was on this road and I was like, this isn't where I thought I would be. And there was only one other place where I could be. So I wasn't terribly lost or anything, but as soon as I came out on the road, um, <clears throat> another guy was schlepping up the, the road. The road was snowpacked, by the way. I had about 10 inches of snow on it. And this guy was bare booting up the road. He's like, hey, what are you doing up there? And I, I said, hey, man, what's happening? And so I ended up skiing up the road with this guy. And I believe his name was Dwayne. And I believe he works for Noah. And he was schlepping up the road in his bare boots to go work at his trailer and record a bunch of client science stuff. And it was really pretty cool to like ski up the road with this guy who works up there. And he works up on Niwot Ridge and he lives about an hour's drive away. <clears throat> and he works there like five days a week, supposedly. And he's driving an hour each way and hiking up there and hanging out in this trailer, measuring the weather by himself with nobody else around except for the few skiers that come by and there's quite a few skiers that come by but he's just up there working and he was great company i mean he's it, doing that pretty fun commute every day well, maybe a couple he might stay up there a little bit or he yeah, might in the so. summertime he might camp um and maybe he doesn't go up there every day in the winter but you know he's he's driving an hour each way to that trailhead um mm. if not a little bit more because he lives a little further east than i do but yeah it was pretty fun you know have some have some company going up the trail and talk to me about climate climate science and weather and measuring the weather and things like that it was all quite fun well i drove to mexico and back tell us about that so the closest beach to salida is a place called puerto penasco mexico it's about an hour south of the arizona mexico border um about three and a half hours from phoenix and uh, the guy that runs our co-work space, who's a good friend of mine, has a place down there. And he's always saying, come on down, come on down. It's like, okay, I'll drive 14 hours to get to Puerto Penasco. <laughs> sure. So I drove 14 hours over two days. Um, slept in slept in my, my Prius in Holbrook, Arizona one night uh, as it was like 18 degrees. And got down and it's only about an hour of driving in mexico which is interesting um got to the beach it's really nice it's this huge wide open beach and there's lots of camarones gigantes and tequila reposado and oh my god the the tacos de calle are excelente i mean it was incredible and i played two rounds of golf which I haven't played golf in 18 years. Wow. So the most walking I did down there was, was on a golf course. I, I must admit, although I did hike the beach every morning, it was two miles from his, his spot down to the wall on the Malacon and back. And I did that every morning. Um, yeah. And then I drove 14 hours back to Salida 
via um, Tucson and New Mexico. Was he there with you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's in company. Hung out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, Mexico's different, especially when you you're driving through Mexico. It's mm-hmm. it's a little different. Yep. Okay. Who else? <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. I what? think COVID. Yeah. But I have been walking and hiking and some very light trotting. If you I will. saw you, I caught you. <laughs> pod and i pod and i do this this sweat coin app and you get virtual coins based on the number of steps you do in a day and like she'll come home she'll be like oh i got in thirty thousand steps." no that was like, one day i don't know what like, happened that you were day. going 30, for an thousand. hour yeah i'm like you were going for an hour how the hell did you get thirty thousand steps she's that like that was oh, one no. day wow. i found out how she does this short step trot thing that I caught her red hand. I was going up the power line. So she didn't see me. She was coming down and I spied her. I stepped off the side of the and watched her. She's doing a short step trot to up her steps on the damn sweat coin app. No. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't go on any trips either, VOD, so don't feel too bad. I did have beer. With Kill Bill Cottrell. Oh, ta- <gasps> you now, did? How, how did that? Savage by the way, I'll be playing. The, I'll be playing that promo on this episode somewhere. Um, how did you end up having beers with Kill Bill Cottrell? Well, he's uh, he's he lives in the Columbia area, not um, actually in Columbia, but close by. So he heard that I had moved back east and reached out and we actually have a very good number of breweries around here so we checked out one and hmm. and it was great it was nice to meet him he works he's telling me about his work on the um palmetto trail and the um oh my god i'm 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 forgetting the the other trail in south carolina the foothills trail yeah and uh uh doing make a wish uh fundraising along those trails and it's really great so it was great to meet him and put a face to the name i've heard many times kill bill cottrell where'd you all have beers at savage brewing i believe i think that's where we were maybe a future beer sponsor of the trail we we don't know we don't know (laughs) it's possible i would would love i would love to have those beers sent to guys in Salida and not see any of them. That would be awesome. Hey man, you, you gotta, <laughs> if we could make that happen, to... if we could make that happen. Oh no, it was not Savage Brewing. Yeah, it was something Savage else. Brewing beers sent to Salida and, you know, D-Lo, you tell gotta me talk to that Clay, they're man. coming my way and, and Clay drank just, your damn you know, beer. not have them <laughs> come my way. That would be awesome. I would just kind of, you know, it'd be awesome. Well, we actually part. went to Steel okay. Hands Brewing, not Savage Brewing. Uh, but that just goes to show you how many breweries there are. There's a very few, a very many in Columbia. And if any of you ever make it out here to visit, we will go on a brewery through hike. Whoa. I like it. But Steel Hands was great. I went to Savage Brewing also, but not with kill bill control okay yeah what were you gonna send you some deal at some point i just clay's got clay's got the best part about it was he just like crushed all four of those beers the first (laughs) night he was here (laughs) and i didn't know i was like cool yeah help yourself man those were delos beers (laughs) 
Those boy drank boys. 64 oh, He drank 64 ounces of beer. Bam! Just like bah. that. Bah. All right. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, we've got to take one last break. When we come back, we've got some mailbag items. We've got some donors. And, and Dilo has some audio ask a hike. Very first, first time. Audio in premiere. 10 years of the trail show. Do we have an audio ask a hiker question? I think it's a new era. Much like I no longer camp in those gigantic tents that collapse in the wind, this could be a new era. Stay tuned. Mama always said, walking off the trail is like a box of chocolates, because you never know where people going to excrement. Horace, don't listen to the trail show. All right, folks, the trail show is back. We had a couple of uh, donors this month, but we also had a single mailbag item, which I'm not going to read. Um, if someone else <laughs> wants to read it. And, and caveat is I did not pay this person to say what they said. So. Dear Trail Show, here's a strong media recommendation for a long hike. I Hike Again by Lawton Disco Grinter is now available as an audiobook on Audible. Where else can you hear Disco say words like cherubic and recount the opening scenes of Cliffhanger in addition to many outstanding hiking stories? Folks who never listen to the Trail Show should definitely tune into I Hike Again. Thanks for featuring the Tahoe Rim Trail recently on the Trail Show. The Trail Show bump brought at least several in the Trail Show community to the Tahoe Rim Trail. For instance, I met Larry Boy at a dive bar in Carson City, Nevada after a successful TRT hike. Keep on fostering such a vibrant community. Cheers, Quality. Quality met Larry Boy in a bar? How did he recognize him? He saw like grizzly bear claw marks He's across like, his shirt. Did you get He's mauled like, oh. by a grizzly bear? He's like, yeah, I'm Larry Boy. Yeah, That's, Larry Boy is probably yeah. getting free drinks telling yeah. that story. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Justin just listens. He's like, you must be Larry Boy. You <laughs> must be rich. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, what was that dude's name? Say, say Laurel. Say Laurel. Oh, you know, I'm going to have to find that clip and play it for yeah. some nostalgia. You must be rich. POD, did we have any donations? We did. We have our monthly donors. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Bernard Wolf. We'll be Russ, Russ Not Fuss Kinder. Craig Pisco Gully. What I got? Bobby what I got? Walters. Trevor Smoke It If You Got It, The Bowl Beep. Man. Sean Dank Weedman. Heavy. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Diane Pinkers. David Sarcasm the Elf Viddy. Justin Quality Knowles. So good. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. At the Bouncer Dixon. The Weekend. Stephen the Hustler Russell. Ammon the Brute Bruce. Renee Shira Patrick. Shira. Wesley the Haggis Addict Greenwood. Honey Chickpea Cross and Sasha Honeydew Codette. Honeydew. Yeah. Tebow, not Tim Williams. 
Tommy the Meat Popsicle Stevens, Joseph Pecker, Raro, Brandon Lost Balls Love Lady, Shira the Switchblady, and Brian the Big Mac, Namara, Patty Sisu Mascala, Phil Gilbert, Dave the Geode Hale, Tony Sheboygan Bruin Pitts, Rachel Die Bama Die Merchant, Dant, Ho, Mpson, Richie Rich, Lemuel Glasgow, Lemuel, Mark the Nuclear Farmer, Homer, Sarah, Compass, Haynes, Eric, the Robber Son, Grow the Fun Dips, Sharps, what? Kill Bill Cottrell, Woody, Yukon Caboose Bass, Matt Frantum, Tim the Hooch, Hoochins. Paul, true love, Curtis Ware, the true love, oh baby, oh baby. True, true love, oh baby, oh baby. True, true love, you're, you're the one, one I'm dreaming, dreaming of. of. Uh, Matt Frantum, like love. I already read him. I have him on there, Troy. I sidetracked um, you with my Madonna. Yes, let's see here. Where are we? Oh, okay. Uh, Tyler, the Kerminator, Kermoade. Kerminator. It's kind of like Gatorade. It's Kermoade. Yeah. It's made from Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm. Green, green Gatorade. Andrew Paget, Pat Pipkin, Kurt Leocri Newton, Flash, Flash, Bob Hobo Evans, Kristen Fancy Mac Hartung. Bevins. Not, not plain Mac, but fancy Mac. Fancy Mac. Victor Flamingo Newton. Flamingo. And then <clears throat> Maverick Mac- Maverick Kessler. El Aguador. From Tucson, Arizona. That's right. And then we have a new the donor. Whoa, and I need whoa. to speak on this. Whoa. What's oh. going on? Is this person affiliated with the vampire? Yes. The the donation account said Caroline the Schweinehunden Schumann. The Schweinehunden is her trail name. And it said hello from the German vampire. But Caroline, when I tried to respond to the email that was included in the PayPal correspondence, it did not work. So <gasps> I need you to get in touch with me personally. Mm. Uh, pod at the trail show.com, uh, or message me on the gram so that I can um, connect with you because I just want to make sure I have her name right. I want to make sure, you know, I might be able to send some stickers to Germany via my Christmas box. So, anyway, there's that. Hmm. So, this, she's a new hiker, and I have a one off slash shout out. So, after Clay finished, you know, he crushed those four beers that were in the fridge. I was like, let's go get some dinner in town. We went to one of the local pizza places here and they told us it was going to be a 40 minute wait. And there was a table, like a high top table with six seats. And there were two people sitting at one end. Probably a little older than me. And the restaurant was packed, right? Packed. And I was like, let's go ask these people if we can just sit at the other end of the table. I didn't know I had COVID at this time. Anyway. (laughs) As you do when you have COVID, you're like, hey, how you doing? Right. So I was like, let's just go ask them. And he was like, they're not going to want us to sit there. And I was like, 
we're sitting at the other end. It doesn't matter. So I go, <laughs> I go over there and I was like, excuse me, we're waiting for a table. Would it be okay for us to sit down here and have our drinks? And I, and he was like, kind of quizzically, he's like, yeah. And I turn and Clay's walks the other direction. He wants nothing to do with me. <laughs> he bailed. He bailed. But they were like, yes, of course, have a seat. So we sit down and then they were super friendly. They started asking us questions and Clay just go off trail. So, of course, he's like a big celebrity. They're like, wow, oh my God. And so we start talking to them and we get some drinks. And he was like, hey, put their drinks on my tab. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, that's, you know, you don't have to do that. And he's like, no, I want, you know. So we start talking to him. And then what we didn't know is that this guy's son and son's girlfriend who go to Western State, they show up and sit in the seats like between them and us. And then we just stayed. We ordered our food there. They ordered their food. It was like family dinner that we just like participated in. Um, mm. And this gentleman. I would say like, like maybe, maybe not participated, but maybe just sort of like. Uh, glommed on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were going to move it. And then we were just like, on? they were just so nice. We're like, let's just order our food here. And we weren't like interacting with them the whole time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This 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 gentleman Talwin Philholm is his name. Wow. Yeah, Talwin Philholm. Yes, he was awesome. Really, really interesting guy. His girlfriend was there. His son was there. The whole the whole bunch. They were really incredible people, and really gracious to to invite us in. He picked up our meal as well. So I wanted to say. Big thank you to Talwin for his generosity and just for being so friendly and, and nice. I mean, it was really fun. It was it was really fun to like share a meal a with these random magic. people. Hmm. Yes, it was magic. amazing. So hopefully you, you didn't go. also share COVID with them. I, yeah. <laughs> if I did, it was with his son who was sitting right next to me. So well, I Clay hope. didn't get it, right? That's true. Clay didn't get it. Unbelievable. And we made out all the time. So we all we all had we all had COVID. There was a car. There was a car full of us. We all had COVID, <clears throat> and oh. we had Mateo's friend and his mom, and I was in the back of my car in the hatchback, sitting back there. So there was like Wendy and I had COVID. Mateo had a little bit of COVID, and the, what Mateo's friend's mom was sitting right next to Wendy in the front seat, and she didn't get COVID. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I gotta say that that night at dinner. That was the closest that he and I probably got the whole time he was here because our, the way our house is set up, there's like the recliner and then the couch next to the recliner. And he just got off trail. So I claimed the recliner for myself, obviously. And he was like, it's, as long as I'm in the house, I'm laying down. So he was like laid out on the couch the whole time with his head at the other end. So, and then he was sleeping in the guest room. So, and once I found out I had COVID, I wore a mask in the house the whole time. So. All that to say, Talwin, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I hope you're back in Salida sometime soon. All right. We've got some Ask a Hiker questions that were sent to us virtually through the metaverse. And I think somebody other than me is going to have to play those questions. Yeah, I can play them. So where do we begin? Because there were four, correct? Start with, yep. start with the first recording and we'll work our way to the second and then we'll listen to the third and then we'll listen to the fourth. So the first one is Trail Show. Second one is Trail Show 2. Third one is Trail Show TS5 and then TS6, I assume. Sure. Uh, that seems I, very clear. 
I had a TI-85 calculator when I was in college. Me All too. Right. Hello, Trail Show. I'm sitting by a salt marsh somewhere between uh, Fuseta. No. Yes. Fuseta and Tavira. On the Algarve in Portugal. Kind of half making my own route using Maps.me, which uh, I absolutely recommend. It was mentioned in a recent show. For finding your own way, making your own route, it's got me out of all kinds of sticky wickets in the past. And also following parts of the Ecovia psychopath. Um, I have a question for you. I'm Scottish. Done a lot of hiking in Europe and some in Argentina, Chile. But I've never hiked anywhere that there's a tradition of trail names. I don't have a trail name. How do you get a trail name? Okay, there's question number one. Dilo, take it away. A trail name could be given to you, should be given to you, or you may adopt one. And it Those usually involves you getting into or out of some sticky wickets. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Although, although I some actually people... Think, I think her trail name should be Sticky Wicket. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe Although some people choose sticky? their own trail name because that's a name that they just go by. Yeah. True. Like D-Lo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you have it. That's how you get a trail name. Next Number question. Two. Oh, and just a little, a little wee PS on that. Um, I started in Faro and I'm walking to Spain, roughly. I don't know how long it's going to be. It's not a mega, mega long one. But uh, yeah, that's my route. Aiming for Spain. Navigationally, very nice. Basically, as long as I keep the sea on the right-hand side of me, I should hit Spain. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty sweet. Easy navigation. Is that that clip number two? Clip number two. Clip number three. No question there. I forgot the most important thing. The beer. I forgot the beer on this route, so it's uh, Sagres mostly. Named after Sagres at the end of the Algarve, I assume. Sagres, Sagres. Um, served from the tap. Or in bottles and in teeny little mini bottles called Sagres Mini. For 70 cents, one euro, something like that. Delicious, refreshing, um, and available everywhere. That sounds like a good deal. One euro beers. Triple O, are you familiar with that beer? I am not familiar with that beer, but I am familiar with that area. Okay. Very oh. pretty. Here, for our listeners, beaches. for our listeners who are not familiar with Sagres beer, Sagres beer was introduced to the market in 1940 at the Portuguese World Exhibition. It was named in reference to a town by the same name and was the first beer to be exported from the nation. Central de Serve. Cervejas produces Sagres beer from 100% natural ingredients with no additives or preservatives. Alcohol by volume, 5%. Okay. Okay. Next next clip. Oh, yeah. And uh, for fact-checking purposes, no, you can't just come to Europe and, like, order a slice of toast or something and steal cutlery. No, you can't do that. 
please don't start that rumour. I think somebody <laughs> sent you a message saying they'd gone to a restaurant and taken some disposable cutlery or something. And now you've got this whole thing going on that you can go to Europe and just like buy some bread and like steal cutlery. No, you can't do that. That will make you very unpopular in Europe. You wouldn't do that in your own country. You can't be coming over here doing that. No, no, no. I think that was the vampire, wasn't vampire it? Vampire addressed this. Yeah, and the vampire is a European guy. He's like, hey, yeah. you could come here and you can buy a sandwich and walk away with the cutlery. No, vampire. You were the one that said that people should steal cutlery. I did. Yes. Vampire offered the trail show for the yes. (laughs) Don't you remember vampire called back in to clarify things? Actually, instead of me explaining it, let's hear a clip from the vampire right now. Hey, Treasure Nation, the vampire again with a clarification. It looks like most of the listeners misunderstood my tip about how to get a spoon uh, as a suggestion to steal cutlery and uh, I want to stress that uh, this is uh, clearly not what I wanted to get across. So the main thing is that in all the countries I hiked so far I did not speak the local language and in the Mediterranean villages uh, especially you're more likely to find several cafes than a shop, uh, not to speak of a shop uh, that Uh, sell spoons so it's much easier to explain with your hands and gestures that you want to exchange money for the spoon in a cafe and actually the only time i tried it um, after two minutes of uh, uh, waving um, and trying to explain it with my hands to the waitress she gave the spoon uh, to me for free so always pay for your cutlery and uh, it's just an easy way to look what the spoons look like and uh, to get one vampire out all right see see what i told you vampire explained himself he did not steal the cutlery there was a language barrier he offered to buy the cutlery and the person that was i guess uh serving his food didn't know what he was saying and yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well see I, whenever i go out to eat every few months oh no i, I always come home with extra cutlery <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> is that such a bad thing i don't know i feel like i paid for the meal i and not everybody's stealing cutlery so it's probably okay for me to just kind of slip a fork into my pocket and you know because we don't have that many forks here at my house they disappear so I take it upon myself when we go out to eat to procure a new fork. And I assume that the restaurant just kind of chalks it up as the cost of doing business. Maybe you should do the opposite, <laughs> which is take a spoon or something to the restaurant and leave it there and yeah. confuse Dude. them because they probably yes. have all the same spoons. And now they're going to have happens? one random what happens? spoon. Wait a minute. Out of, oh, oh, triple O, I could take this even further and I could go in there. And we could have like all four of us eat and we'd all have like a fork and a knife and a spoon. But then when they come to clear our plates, we just have like 12 spoons. No fork, sure. no knives. We leave their <laughs> spoons. We roll in with eight but spoons. But don't do that in Europe. And then we have eight, we have like 12 Dude. spoons total. And they're like, we'll be back in and a here's little the, bit. We're going to let you guys finish up. <laughs> Dilo, yeah. you drill yeah. holes in the bottom of those spoons before you take yeah. them in with you. Why? And then you leave just, just to really mess with them. 
then you leave a bunch of spoons on the table that have holes in the middle of them and they're just like wait spoons in the what? in the in the serving in the the utent utility end not the yeah, handle not Whoa. the handle but then it, what if you're eating peas the peas will no, no, fall no, no. through the hole you don't you don't use this to eat your meal with you just leave them at the end well, can't you drill the holes in the handle and not the actual spoon part so that that's no fun Drill it oh, in right. the spoon part because that's because really then if gonna... you're eating peas, the pea falls through the oh, hole. Yeah, or like... any kind of soup, the liquid will go. <laughs> but they're gonna look at these spoons and be like, "How did this happen? Oh, How are there holes in the bottom of these spoons?" And so be what so we're confused. saying is, what we're saying is, don't steal cutlery, but actually bring yes. your own mangled swap it out types it's of cutlery out. Yeah. from the thrift store and yeah. with add it to the them. table to confuse people yeah, yeah. and then and your server and your server who's about to clear the place is just be so confused they'll probably just leave you alone and then you'll be able to walk out of there with the forks and the knives in oh your pocket. god here yeah. we go yeah i don't know what just happened but i think this, this is the part of the show where the show ends uh, wow. We want okay. to thank everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Fidget and Negan, aka Her Odyssey, for talking to us about their 20,000 mile human powered odyssey across the length of the Americas. Many thanks to all our hotline callers. You too can be an audio superstar like El Hecador by calling the hotline at 720 also, don't forget to send your audio and video clips to DLO at thetrailshow.com so that we can read them, watch them, and give you sage advice like we did tonight on your Ask a Hiker questions. Where else would you learn to go to the restaurant with spoons with holes drilled in the end of them? Nowhere but here, ladies and gentlemen. Nowhere but here. That's DLO at thetrailshow.com. And last right. but definitely not least, thanks goes to all our monthly donors. And don't forget to grab a Trail Show hoodie before November 28th at bonfire.com slash trail show hoodies. Get that pink Some, and black hoodie. The pink one, though. The is... pink one is uh, the pink one is at a different spot because it's special. It's at bonfire.com slash trail show pink. Pink it. I, don't, I might have to cut that out, P.O.D. I might have to cut it out. <laughs> I couldn't say that in front of my children. They would ask me lots of questions. I wouldn't want to answer them. Sometimes we are on social media at Instagram <laughs> and Facebook at The Trail Show. Um, as of the taping of this episode on November the 20th, we are on Twitter because Twitter still exists. That might not be the case. By the time the show goes to air, we don't know. But if you are on Twitter, you can find us at Trail Show. We're also on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Audible, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you download your favorite shows. Another trail show is coming on, but don't fret. We'll be back in December for our annual December to Remember gathering, which is guaranteed to be full of beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, I'd like to leave you with some words from Paulo Coelho. If you think adventure is dangerous, Try routine. It's lethal. For POD, D-Lo, Triple O, Fidget, Neon, I'm Disco. Ciao. 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 Ciao, And We're happy to report that the town of Columbia, South Carolina is still standing after the Gamecocks beat the Volunteers. And Triple O can report that all is safe and well. Five hours of Euro Siren last night. Before the game was over, the sirens were already going. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. So our last day was was a week long, and um, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, just uh, calling to congratulate myself and. Uh... But it would also mean that Delo has another family. He's married to a woman named China, and he has a daughter. Stranger things have happened. He's like, hey, what are you doing up there? And I said, I hey, man, what's happening? It's got me out of all kinds of sticky wickets in the past. Trails, exciting and new. I call the